Don't hang up that phone. We have found what you are looking for. Welcome to the Five Minutes with an RCDD podcast. Well, seems how we're pulling Category 6A, the most powerful twisted pair there is in the world. You gotta ask yourself this one question. Did I pull 295 feet or 300? Well, do you feel lucky? Do you, punk? In this podcast, you will learn the differences between a 66 and a 110 punch tool, the proper way to install and support cable, along with terminating and testing parameters. What exactly does RCDD stand for? Really can't do diddly? Or some guy that's just sitting around in a chair making podcasts? So join us as we talk about the world of telecommunications from ISP to OSP, copper to fiber, design to installation. Now send the new guy to the truck for a bucket of dial tone and the cable stretchers while you listen to an informative program on the ever-changing industry of telecommunications. Now here's your host, Chuck Bowser, RCDD. Welcome back to the second episode of five minutes with an RCDD podcast. Actually, it's this is version two of episode two because Chuck lost the first version of this. So I have to re-record it, bringing this episode to you through the studios of my closet. Just kidding. <laughs> Who would record in a closet? Or, or am I? Hmm. So today's subject matter is the phrase neat and workmanlike manner. Why that should matter to you. Let's get on with this. So the term neat and workmanlike manner should strike the fear in the heart of any project manager or technician or installer or apprentice because it's based on opinion. Now, the, the, the origination of the term is actually found in the code book, but we'll talk about that more in a minute. But what is actually a neat and workmanlike manner? Well, you got to figure out what does that really mean? Well, first off, it's going to be based on your opinion of what neat and workmanlike manner is. Now, let me ask you, could your opinion of neat and workmanlike manner be different than my opinion of neat and workmanlike manner? Somebody who's got just under 40 years of experience. Yes, I guarantee you it is. Could somebody's opinion of neat and workmanlike manner, who only has two weeks of experience on the job, be different than yours? Guarantee it's going to be different. Because that opinion is based on, number one and foremost, life experiences. So if you only have two weeks of experience, all you know is what what the person who's teaching you or training you. Hopefully it was a good person who taught you how to actually install the cable and knows what need and working like manner is. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they do. And you only have two weeks of experience. You know, with, with the amount of experience that I have, I've had a lot of projects installed by electrical inspectors. I've had a lot of projects installed by project managers. I've had a lot of projects inspected by other peers. So I've, I'm, I'm a, not only am I familiar in, in actually conducting QA inspections, I'm also familiar in having my projects inspected per QA inspections. But that means that there's, again, the difference of opinion. Now, to help mitigate those, you need to have some kind of training. Well, it could be manufacturing training. It could be some trade organization training. It might be if you're fortunate enough to work for an, for a uh, union. It could be the uh, the joint apprenticeship training program they have. The key is training. But not all instructors are good instructors. Recently, I was teaching a class, 
one company purged out two full days of class. Our class is only one day long. So they assigned a group of guys on the first day, and then the second day I had a whole totally different group of guys. And I didn't know this at the time, but they also had their guys taking another class by another manufacturer. So the group that I had on on day one, the other instructor had on day two, and the, the students he had on day one, I had on day two. So on the second day of conducting the class, I was doing the fiber hands-on portion. And I was going through inapproved ways of discarding fiber sharps. I was talking about how electrical tape rolled over backwards is not a good method. How you shouldn't be using soda bottles, beer bottles, beer cans, coffee cups, Parmesan cheese cans. Yes, I had somebody actually tell me that once. You should be using an approved scraps container. And the student said, but Chuck, the instructor yesterday said we can use electrical tape rolled over backwards. Well, that's not a safe practice. Again, that's difference of opinion. And when it comes to difference of opinion, I'm going to always default to which is the safer method. Is putting a fiber sharp in a sharps container that costs seven bucks safer than somebody doing electrical tape rolled over backwards and now just sitting there on their fiber termination table so somebody could accidentally get injured by it. So again, it's just, again, difference of opinions and training. So you can't even go by the instructors. When I sit in, when I take a class... I'm actually taking two classes. One, I'm learning the subject matter that that instructor's teaching, but also I'm watching the how that instructor teaches. You know, does he change his tone? Does he change his pacing? Does he have any tics? And I'm looking at it, and then I, I'm not doing it to critique that instructor. I'm doing it to critique me to see if I do any of that stuff, or, or is there something from him that I think he did really well that I can glean and my students could benefit from. So I'm actually taking two classes for the price of one. So I'm always rating them in my head while I'm, while I'm watching those classes. So training is really what makes a difference between knowing what is supposed to be done right and what's not, right? Another way, place you can go to is the actual code book, because that's where that phrase, neat and workmanlike manner, comes from. But the code book is not written for performance. It's written for safety. As a matter of fact, it says in the code book, in, in Article 90.1, under the Adequacy Clause, it says, to reduce hazards from the use of electricity. That's what it says. It doesn't care about performance. As a matter of fact, in the code book, if we could run dial tone over barbed wire, the code book would be absolutely fine with it as long as it didn't catch on fire. Or if it did catch on fire, it didn't produce toxic off-gases and smoke. The code book does not care how that cable performs. So now that means it's up to the inspector to determine what does neat and workmanlike manner actually mean. Again, opinion and maybe the training they went through. There's this whole combativeness between low-voltage installers and electrical inspectors. And we brought it on ourselves because back in the early 80s and maybe even to the 90s, when you were having, when electricians would call to have an inspector come look at their job to inspect it for their final so the customer can get their occupancy permit and move in, and they would see that the low-voltage guys did stupid things like leaving the cables laying on the grid and do other stuff, well, they would fail the project. And electricians would get mad because they're like, that's the low-voltage cable, not my cable. Why are you failing me because of their work? Well, again, the intent is the inspector wants that installed in a neat and workmanlike manner so it's safe, so no hazards arise from the use of electricity. They don't care who actually installed it. They want it fixed. Well, those inspectors have long since retired. Guess who today's inspectors are? (laughs) They are the electricians back then who had the projects fail. So now they're the inspectors coming out looking at our projects, and they're taking it out on us. Again, rightfully so, because we deserve that. Now, when it comes to inspectors and low-voltage cabling, 
While they're really good at inspecting high-voltage jobs, they're not necessarily as good as inspecting low-voltage jobs. Right? They might see a whole bunch of Category 6A cable in a cable tray system or in a ladder rack system where the technician used a cable dressing form called randomization. But they were used to seeing technicians install cables in what these called um, nice tight little bundles. We, we used to call them rainfalls. And they'd say, well, that's not done in a neat and workmanlike manner. Well, it was installed randomized because of alien crosstalk. So, again, they might be really well-versed in inspecting high-voltage jobs, but not necessarily low-voltage jobs. Again, it's their opinion. And since they're the electrical inspector, that's the only opinion that really matters. But luckily, in the code book, it does define neat and workmanlike manner as... Actually, hold on, let me find it. Article 800.24, it states that, and I'm going to read this verbatim, says, circuits and equipment shall be installed in a neat and workmanlike manner. And then it further tells us the cables installed in exposed surfaces of ceilings, sidewalls, shall be suspended by building infrastructure in such a manner that the cable will not be damaged by normal building use. It also says that we can use straps, staples, tie wraps, hangers, or other similar fittings. Did you catch that? Staples. Try stapling a Category 6A cable. Go ahead. I dare you. I double-dog dare you. We don't staple high-performance data cabling because it changes the cable geometry. It crushes the jacket. When the jacket gets crushed, it brings those four pairs closer together, and then they start interfering with each other, and the cable does not perform the 500 megahertz, which is what Cat6A is. Again, the cable doesn't care about performance. It only cares about safety. But it does say in the codebook that it defines neat and workmanlike manner. It says there's an informational note that accepted industry practices are described in ANSI TIA 568.1 standards. Okay, well, already they're, they're quoting out an old standard. But at least it gives us some place to start with when we have that argument with them. We can show them in the standards where it says, hey, CAT 6A cable, we're really supposed to be randomizing that cable so it doesn't interfere with each other. But again, at the end of the day, the AHJ has the ultimate say. You know, same thing with QA inspectors. So you really need to know who's going to be the person inspecting it. Is it going to be the AHJ or is it going to be some QA inspector or will it be the customer? Because each one of those has different expectations. The customer, typically the things they want to go look at is they want to make sure that the cable's dressed all nice and pretty in the closet and they want to make sure all the face plates on the walls are mounted the same height as the electrical and they're level. You talk to a QA inspector, that's probably going to be the most difficult one, especially if the QA inspector has low-voltage cabling experience because you can't pull the wool over their eyes, and they're going to be looking at that stuff. And then you have the AHJ. Again, you might even have, if your county or your city or your municipality is big enough, you might have, a, might have multiple inspectors for the AHJ. One of the counties I used to do a lot of work in in Maryland was called Prince George's County. And there was an inspector there that he just hated low-voltage people. But he wasn't the only one. And I knew that if he came out to inspect my job, I better make sure I had everything done right because he would really tear it apart. Again, that's all about knowing your inspector and knowing what their expectations are. So have you had an experience where your definition of neat and workmanlike manner was not the same as somebody else's? Shoot us an email. Shoot us a comment. Let us know what that was so we can all kind of learn from those experiences. That's the conclusion for today's podcast. It's a short and sweet one. So we covered, you know, neat and workmanlike manner and, and how it could be perceived differently based on people's experiences and what the actual definition was in the code book. Our next podcast is going to be on certifications. Are they worth it? Are you certified by a manufacturer or are you certified by a 
trade organization. We're going to talk about those. So come back then. Till then, keep cabling on.